Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Marjorie Wildcraft of the Homegrown Food Summit to talk about her experience with backyard food production and her upcoming Homegrown Food Summit. Marjorie is the founder of the Grow Network, which is the online home of a global network of people who produce their own food and medicine. Homegrown food on every table is the solution. Marjorie was featured as an expert in sustainable living by National Geographic. She speaks at Mother Earth News Festivals and is a regular guest on Coast to Coast AM. She is an author of several books, best known for her video series, Grow Your Own Groceries, which has sold over a half a million copies to homesteaders, foodies, preppers, universities, and missionary organizations around the world. Welcome to the show today, Marjorie. Hi, Greg. Uh, gosh, listening to that, I, 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 it sounds amazing. I'd it, like to meet that woman. <laughs> it is amazing. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and, you know, share a bit about the path that you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, you know, no, you know, was I one of those people that at my grandmother's knee, I learned how to plant seeds? No, no, no absolutely not. You know, I had totally two black thumbs, not just one. I, I had a whole uh, life, a very successful career in engineering, and then oh, I wow. became a a business consultant, and then I wanted to learn how to have money make money, and I became a, a financial investor. And uh, actually, that's what really got me into growing food, believe it or not, was I was making a lot of money structuring high-yielding real estate investment partnerships. And if wow. you're going to make a lot of if you're going to make a lot of money in real estate, you're going to be borrowing a lot of money. Money. Oh, it's yes. called o- OPM, other people's money, right. right? And I was wondering, you know, where is all these millions of dollars that we're borrowing coming from? And I kept tracing it back, and most of it was coming from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And I looked at their business model, and when I really understood that model, I said, oh. Well, I won't say what I said on this podcast because <laughs> you probably want it clean, right? Right. And I realized that, you know, with any kind of economic downturn that that I was going to be completely underwater and actually that the whole U.S. economy was set to fail, like as in economic collapse. Right. Um, 
And and I still feel that way today. I'm just grateful that the thing is still afloat. It's a miracle. Um, we won't go into that conversation. But uh, basically, I started to look at, like, you know, what happens during collapse. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a lot of interviews with collapse survivors, read a lot of historical accounts, and ended up even visiting quite a few countries that had undergone collapse. And basically, yes, you know, you do need to be able to handle more violence. That's going to happen. Yes, it's really good to have some medical skills, for sure. Right. There's a lot of people with medical skills, though. The Really, the biggest thing that all the collapse survivors and all the testimonies were pointing to was everybody was hungry. Hungry, yes. And, you know, let's, let's face it, in the last two generations in the United States alone, we have lost the basic ability to grow our own food. The last yep. big movement for it was in the Victory Garden era, which exactly. was World War II. Right. And, and a lot of those parents, grandparents, great-grandparents are, quite frankly, past. So we're all looking like you look at me. I mean, I was very successful in the business corporate world and had no clue about what it takes to grow a tomato. In fact, was in tears many times. Like, you know, I used to sign checks for $100,000 and here I can't even get a tomato to grow. You know, it was awful. (laughs) And, um, but I went on and I realized, and then of course, you know, about that time I was also a young mother and I was starting to realize how unbelievably toxic the commercial food supply is. Oh my gosh, isn't that the case? And then I started realizing how the food supply is like so incredibly vulnerable. The just-in-time trucking system, or you know, monoculture crops. We, we, didn't we learn our lesson from Ireland back with the Irish potato famine? There's all kinds of reasons to like be completely freaked out, and I got completely freaked, freaked out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I just went on this mission to learn how to grow my own food. Went every gardening class and permaculture and homesteading workshops and you know home uh, orchards and. And, and just went on this big quest to figure out very simple ways to do it that were sustainable, i.e. you could do it under a collapse situation. Now, what's been amazing throughout the years is that growing my own food has really helped heal, heal me in many, many ways, emotionally, um, uh, you know, spiritually. It's been incredible. And, and what started to happen was people asked me, you know, how do you do that? Um, what, you, you know, you, you're starting to produce stuff. It's looking good. It's tasting good. You're looking a lot better. You're looking younger. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? And nice. I, I, I was organizing workshops and actually then organize, workshops started organized for, organizing for me, which is if you've ever put anything on, you know how miraculous oh, yeah. that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the, everybody kept saying, you got to make a video. We made the video. And, you know, it's just been one thing after another and, and growing. And, and really, it, it has been such a healing and beneficial track for me and it, it really is the solution and people go to the solution to what and I said just pretty much anything you know, <laughs> yeah like no a, kidding you know, climate change you know um, uh, oil energy issues water issues you know uh, earth uh, econ- environmental issues um, your own health obesity uh, you know pretty much anything uh, so um, and it, it, it quite frankly it, it just really is the pendulum is swung we've gone all the way to a, a centralized corporate food system which yeah. clearly isn't working right and 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 it's really palpable and you see it in your work too i know greg where oh, yes. you're seeing that more and more people are coming this way the pendulum's swinging back yep and um you know i'm just really glad to be a part of the movement of of um of regaining this common sense approach to life right, right? so yeah. that's a little bit of the background wow and and i really it's really not i think it's gone past being a movement i think we're in revolution stage here where people are 
coming to the realization that they need to have these skills and they are coming in droves. Is that, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my own business is just exploding and, and the Grow Network really is just growing by, by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a thing that needs to happen. It really does for so many reasons. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it really is. It's, it's great. Yeah. So Grow Your Own Groceries, a video series. I have it. I've watched it. It's amazing. Tell us a little bit about that. And what's, what's your story there? That's cool. Well, and when yeah, did you, and when did you make it? That's another one. Well, that was actually, um, it was videoed in 2009. I spent a good six years, like, in seclusion in a cave somewhere writing the script and then rewriting the script and rewriting the script to and what I really I was still very deeply concerned at that point about collapse I mean we had just mm-hmm. gone to 2008 right. like hello you're going to talk exactly. about that talk about nightmare right and so I felt that it was really urgent that I get as much as what I had figured out these principles for growing food distilled down in a way that could be communicated and I had quite a few uh, literary agents and publishers come approach me and say could you do a book and I said you know I really feel that video is a much better medium for this and so we we uh, yeah we produced the video we had a, a professional videographer come out and do it and um, you know it took him another while to get it all together but then mm-hmm. we created that video and and it yeah it went basically it went viral you might say um, wow. which to me was when you put you that much your heart and soul into something and you get so close to it you know you, you I couldn't really judge anymore like is it good or bad yeah, or whatever exactly. you know, I'm like all nervous are people gonna hate this but they they turned out to love it and wow. it, it really was it's just um, there's a lot of really simple basic principles that we don't know because you know we were busy off going to college and mm-hmm. and, and uh, living in air conditioning and and buying groceries you know right. and there, there are a bunch of simple principles that you know our grandparents would have been like yeah duh um, and and they're applicable anywhere I mean we're in central Texas but we have people in Canada and New Zealand and Ireland and you know Prague and everywhere around the world using the video it because we really it, it really distills down um, you know soil fertility you got to have that if oh, you want to yeah. have good plant growth you yeah, know <laughs> exactly yeah. this is what animals need this is what plants need this is how you do it right and right. here's how I do it at my farm and here's how we make these systems work together so that it's not going to be all your life you know like you can really get this nailed down to an hour a day or two hours a day to where you're producing your own food right when it doesn't take long it doesn't and and especially if you use some real simple ergonomic yes. systems um, yep. like in the video i show people we have the rabbit hutch right next to the garden and that's uh-huh. because the compost is right there i mean yeah, i don't exactly. even have to move it i just use a pitchfork and toss it right so right. Yeah. Well, people, I have a third of an acre right in central Phoenix. And people often ask me, how many hours a week do you spend in your, you know, in your garden? And it's like, well, no, it's hours a month. And, you know, usually in five or 10 hours a month, I can produce a third of our food. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and, and smaller is even better. You know, I mean, we're, we're right. here in Texas and we have lots of acreage. And that was actually one of the first biggest mistakes I made <laughs> was um, my husband, uh, the, my man, the man I married, his grandmother was one of those that like all her life when she, she knee high to a grasshopper, she was planting beans. And like by the time she was a woman, 
uh, you know, a young adult, she could manage an acre garden, and that's what you needed to do back in those, you know, in her time. Right, exactly. And so when I said, "Hun, I'm going to start growing food," he immediately thought a nanny, and he said, "Hun, I'll plow you up an acre." And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, "I don't think so," right. you know. But he was off, and and of course that first garden was just too big, and it, I couldn't manage it, and that was a yeah, big mistake. Exactly. You know, start small, but thank God you only have yep. a third of an acre, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Well. When you're starting, yes. Now I wish I had a half or a full acre because I could do so much more with it with fruit trees and, you know, everything I do. So For sure. For sure. So As you get there, yeah. Where do where do where do our listeners find Grow Your Own Groceries? We have the grownetwork.org and um head just head over to that website and Perfect. we have a you know a little shop with products and things. Nice. Yeah, and that's also a, a website with lots of free resources. We have writing contests where we uh, give away free stuff for people who write good articles on what they're doing. People will write up research on uh, – we had this wonderful submission a while ago from a guy in Colorado who's doing all this research on his greenhouse and mm-hmm. different, different types of insulation that are working. Oh, nice. Um, you know, we have lots of people submitting stuff on squash and which varieties do better against the vine borers or recipes for how to cook the odd bits, you know, after you've maybe butchered your animals at home. You know, what mm-hmm. do you do with those organs, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, well, yeah. and they're packed with nutrients, right? They sure are. Yeah, yeah that's not something sure. you want to throw away. That's one of the things why you want to grow your own is so that you get those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so the grownetwork.org is where we have all this activity going on we're looking at doing some more fun stuff it, it's just a fun informational website um and that's the best place to 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 get me at fantastic thegrownetwork.org mm-hmm. very good so the big part of the reason we have you on the show today is to talk about your upcoming homegrown food summit um, so i want to hear all about it let's start with oh my gosh how did you even start with this yeah well you know i just thought wouldn't it be cool to throw a party with all your best friends who are into like sustainability and permaculture and stuff? And uh, I was like, yeah, that would be really awesome, wouldn't it? Actually, the very first one I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if you could go and listen to the expert in biointensive gardening talk uh-huh. about that method for an hour oh, and yeah. listen to the expert, Jim Meadler, in um, the mint leader gardening method. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm sorry, Jim Kennard. And listen to... Joel Karsten on straw bale gardening. Oh, well, yes. If you could listen to all these different gardening methods and maybe just listen to, you know, see them pre- present what their thing is about for an hour. And then we, like within just a short time, you could get exposed to all these different ways to grow food. And then you could say, wow, you know, th- that looks like it's going to work for me. Or, you know, that one, I don't think I'm going to go for that. You know, mm-hmm. you could really kind of, you could right quick away, just get a whole blast and be able to discern for yourself what was going to work or what wasn't. And then, you know, I'm going to give that a try. I- I'll give you a little background story. Please. What really, what really started this was, um, so in my family, I've got my husband and then I have a son and a daughter. And um, my husband's very, very supportive of anything I need. You know, hon, do you need me to grill the greenhouse or do you need me to improve <laughs> right. this? Nice. But in terms of him actually growing food, there's like, I don't know, he's dirt phobic. He is not going <laughs> to you know, he's not gonna do that and and mess with the livestock. You know, it's not, not really. And my son neither. My daughter and I will be out there happily in the dirt all day long. And uh, but then but then um, there was so much going on in the world with aquaponics, you know, aquaponics, oh, yes. this, aquaponics that. And I said, well, let's buy a system and set one up and just play with it to see what's real, right? You know, can you really grow family of four mm-hmm. and four square feet? No, you can't. But 
you know, let's try it out. Now, what are some of the claims and how realistic is it? And so we built a system and I was just astonished at how much the guys loved the aquaponics. It's full oh, yeah. of pumps and motors and valves yep. and things to measure and and they loved it. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, I get it that there are different styles of growing food for different people. So for him, that was like he just lit up when he saw that. And whereas, you know, for me, I'm the the more dirtier it is, the better. <laughs> the more right. of you can run around barefoot and get dirty, that's mine, right? You know. Right. So I thought, wow, you know, wouldn't it be great if we just had a smorgasbord of ways to grow food that you could kind of pick and choose and find out what you liked and maybe meet, uh, you know? And also, all of us, there's a lot of us that out there that are teachers, maybe. You know, some, someone might resonate with me. Somebody will resonate more with you. You know, there's all different kind of styles, right? Exactly. You know, Paul Wheaton's kind of a gruff, grumpy guy, but people, <laughs> yep. people love him. I'm like, yes, right. go spend time with Paul. Yep. You know, so maybe you can find your teacher. And and so that's basically how the summit started is we said got presentations from all these people and um, put them up and said, here, you know, it's a great business model for a week. It's it's all of them are free and we just show them. Uh, and then at the end of the week, we... Um, we, we close it down and then we offer it as a bundle for sale, right. which helps us recover the cost. It's a pretty expensive project to put oh, on. I'm sure. But I, I love that model where at least we can give it away for free uh, for a time because, you know, we do have a lot of people on Social Security and, yep. and limited income. Right. And, you know, you want to at least be able to provide a mechanism for that also. So it's a nutshell. It started as I also love throwing big parties. So it sort of <laughs> it fit into that. <laughs> When you had a lot of people at your last summit, didn't you? We had we had over thirty three presentations. Wow! And uh, and this year is actually going to be even bigger. We were we're trying. We don't have the final count in yet. Actually, by the time this airs, we will. But uh, forty presenters at least. Wow! Perfect. Yeah. And how many how many attendees? Last year we had ninety seven thousand people register. Right. I know, right? Yeah. I'm, sit, I'm sitting here in our in our uh, studio, and when you said that, you should have seen my producer's face. It's just like, oh my gosh, you had 97,000 people show up at this online summit? Let's talk logistics on this summit so that people get an idea of what it is. So it's an online summit, so people go to your website, and they can see the events happening essentially live, Correct. Yeah, well, what they need to do is you're going to have a link there for them to click on, right? So right. they would click on that link and register. Perfect. And then, and then once they do, then uh, we will send them the agenda every day with all the talks, and uh, all the, they'll get an email with you know today Ronnie Cummins from the Organic Consumers Association is speaking, or Sam Kaufman talking about how to increase the potency of your herbal medicine is right. speaking, or Hank Will from uh, Grit Magazine is talking about how to can the sweet corn and different kind of corns right. you can grow, and so it'll have the links, and then you can watch it anytime. Any there'll be five or six presentations every day. Oh, very good. Watch any of them for a full 24-hour period because it's a global thing. And really, we, right. we have people watching all 24 hours all around the planet. And then the next day, we'll put up another five, six, or seven presentations. And again, they're all free. Anytime during that 24 hours, we'll send you out the email mm -hmm. with the links and how to get to all of them. And every day, start, so it starts Monday, March 7th. Perfect. And then uh, goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And usually what we do on, on uh, so Sunday will be the last. And then every presentation will have rating widgets. So we right. hope when you listen and watch that you'll rate it and say, you know, this was great. This was not so good. And then we'll pick the ones that have the highest ratings and we'll have an encore day oh, nice. on Monday where we, uh, where we show the ones that were picked the favorites just as a bonus. Right. 
Yeah, and that's it. And it's all free. And, um, you know, just uh, streaming on a computer anywhere. Fantastic. Then if somebody wanted to buy a a memory stick of all of the content, that's available to them as well. That's available. Yep. In fact, when they when they click on your link down there and go register right Uh after that, if they buy it ahead of time, that's when the best price is. And uh, more and more with these summits, we're seeing the largest bulk of sales is actually before the summit. A lot of people, you know, I know I'm busy that week or, you know, I'm just not going to be able to watch all of them. I'm just going to buy it. I know it's, you know, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So what's your big why behind all of this? I can tell you that. Yep, absolutely. It's fundamentally, I, I'm really, I really have been digging deep into, you know, why am I, because I get up in the morning and I go do this and I'm having a great oh, yeah. time with it. I am fundamentally a very angry person. Oh. You know, I, I really, I mean it. And um, I remember when my kids were young, we used to watch on Sunday. We watch on Sundays as a family. We watch a nature show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're watching the raccoons and you're watching the cheetahs and you're watching the, you know, the the ocelot and the, you know, whatever, the monkeys. And at the end of every single show, I was finding myself getting depressed because it would say, yes, and these marvelous animals are now Extinct. extinct. Right. You got it. And it's, you know, human encroachment or this or that or the other. And I don't know, you know, that and then just seeing that footage of those those ginormous agro business tractors that are spraying all the land and you know and then the, and then hearing about a, a garbage dump the size of a country out in the Gulf of Mexico oh, because right. of all the garbage that piled and there's that's not the only one there's numerous of those yep. and I'm really angry about what we're doing to this planet mm-hmm. it's you know this is really disgusting we are like you know taking a crap in our own swimming pool and right. there's no other swimming pool to go into yeah. right this is yeah. horrible and really, the biggest polluter on the planet is commercial agriculture. The mm-hmm. biggest destroyer on the planet is commercial agriculture. And and I said, you know, most of the stuff you don't, you you and I can't do a lot of. I mean, economic collapse. We, we, what are we, what are we going to do realistically? Exactly. You know. So what's that serenity prayer? Right. You know, do what you can and let go and change what you. Exactly. Well. I, I can grow my own food, and that does make a small increment on the planet. It makes a huge increment to my own health and well-being. Yes, it does. But having an organization that's dedicated to more homegrown food, I mean, if we could get, and I'm looking to commission a, or find somebody who would help me do a study on this. I've been talking to a couple of doctorate uh, dissertation folks, but I'm, I'm really need. But what would be the impact if even just Americans, only 10% of Americans were growing half of their own food? Hmm. I think it would be Huge. Huge. Absolutely it would huge. Be. Yes. Here's another one. Like, what would be the bottom line to Monsanto? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I know I love the Millions Against Monsanto, and actually we have Ronnie Cummins, who is the founder of that, speaking at the summit. I'm, nice. like, so awesome that he's going to be there. But, um, and, you know, uh, like, Ronnie, I love what you're doing with the activism, but to be honest with you, I want something pragmatic, you know, instead of petitioning this and signing that and jumping up and down and calling senators, like, grow a garden. <laughs> yeah, get in action about that, yeah. Well, I've, and I've, I've always been the kind of person that goes for something rather than against something. So, you know, millions against Monsanto, I applaud what they're doing. I thank God they're out there doing it, but I want to be for something. Yeah. in my life. So I'm looking to see what I can be for. And it seems like your homegrown food summit is really about being for something. 
It is. And, and almost all of our presentations are just practical how-to, mm-hmm. like um, Ira Wallace. Oh, how my to, gosh. How to grow great garlic. Yeah. I mean, garlic is such a... Here, let me, you know, so you talk, we, you know, of course I came from the survival preparedness space and we used to have a joke, like, what are the three crops that you need to know to, to be able to survive? And you need garlic, onions, and tomatoes. And you know why? Why? Because with those three, you can make anything else taste good. <laughs> so, of course. But really, I mean, you know, the Civil War, all the way on back, soldiers always carried a clove of garlic because it's just the, the most fabulous antibiotic we have on right. the planet. Far better than anything the pharmaceutical. If the pharmaceutical companies could come up with something that good, they'd be happy. Yeah, exactly. They can't. So, you know, that's such a crucial crop to be able to know how to grow. And Ira is fantastic with the presentation she has and with all these wonderful images and her wisdom of, you know, 40 or 50 years of growing garlic, selecting garlic varieties, what grows in what area, all the tricks you need to know. I want to listen to that one. She's she's amazing. Let me me tell you something. We had Ira on the show and she'll she'll be playing over the next couple of weeks. So I've interviewed her already. What an amazing young lady oh my gosh yeah she's awesome her story goes back decades on saving seeds yeah exactly yeah she's she's just a just really so many of our speakers are they jeff lawton who is probably the most world-renowned permaculturist on the Mm -hmm. planet is doing a presentation on his property checklist and oh nice and i haven't seen his final presentation he showed me the draft one but he takes a look at a piece of land that like you know you're looking at it and it's kind of barren looking and Mm -hmm. you know scrubbly and you're going i don't know jeff and then he shows you where you would put some check dams and where you would Mm -hmm. build some some terracing and where would you plant this and you can just see exactly how he could transform that land in just a couple of years to something that's rich and alive and vibrant and just what an amazing he's more for somebody who has i would say he does do urban stuff but i'd say his area of expertise is really for urban land especially for somebody who like is is going to buy a few acres and is not going to be able to to be there all the time right but wants to do the land works which is real important and let that because you can let nature work for you for a couple of years and just build stuff up. He is incredible. He's he's also going to be presenting. So nice. just just such an amazing. Let me pull out another one. Well, you've got a couple from your urban farm school coming. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got uh, Bill McDormand talking about seeds. Oh, and his in his presentation, he did the best presentation on how to save tomato seeds that I've ever Isn't seen. Isn't that done. great? He's really just so succinct and yeah. clear and simple and like why you really – I had never known why you really want to ferment those things a little bit. But I like, exactly. oh, the duh, Bill. Thank yep. you. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. And Carrie exactly. Spencer. Car- I like- Carrie Spencer is doing Car- one on, yep. on uh, backyard uh, livestock. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Keeping chickens and goats in the city and how you do that safely. Fantastic. Yep. And then I'm, yep. I, I, I'm luckily I'm speaking as well. And I'm very excited about that um, yep. on what I call food system 3.0. Yes. And jumpstarting your urban farm. Yep. And I, I love, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any spoils because <laughs> there are some really great distinctions that you bring in there. And I, 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 I oh, maybe I should tell people, I don't know. I'm not going to tell. Oh, bring this. it. Come on. It's the naming your farm. Now, doesn't that sound so simple? But that it is just like does it yeah. really like it gives you this ownership thing. Exactly. Plus, it so w- the quiz that I give people when I speak to them, I ask them 
who's growing their own food? Who's growing it for somebody else? So now you're a farmer because that's what <laughs> farmers do. Farmers grow food for other people, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm giving people permission to claim their urban farmerness. But then the, thir- <laughs> the third piece, which you just spoke to, was name your farm because that yeah. starts to build the local food economy. It builds the name for your farm. And there are farms here in Phoenix that got named 25 years ago that everybody here in Phoenix now knows. Yeah, they're landmarks, right? You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the urban farm on a third of an acre right smack in the middle of Phoenix is a landmark. Yeah, there you go. You know, exactly. so that yeah. is the most important thing you can do as an urban farmer is name your farm. Nice, yeah. So who, give me just one other speaker. Who's one of the highlights in your mind right now? Another speaker that are going to be at the summit. Well, I was going to say my own presentation. Please. <laughs> can, absolutely. Can I, can I be like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, I just did it. This year I went and I took my video producer with me, Anthony Tomeo, and we went down to the Copper Canyons the sea, uh, in, um, in Mexico. And we had a connection there and a guide. And we got to spend time with the Taramara Indians. Oh, no way. For real. And, you know, wow. like these, these people, like, you know, the what grid, you know? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> sustainability is like, that's life right there. There's exactly. no like, oh, I want to live sustainably. They like live sustainably. I mean, they make almost everything and they, they grow all their own food. And you know what was uh, fantastic about them? is they are just unbelievable athletes. And I, I couldn't believe, I met this this one guy, I spent a lot of time with this one guy, um, Juan, Juan Lirio, 71 years old. Wow. And I said, Juan, and we were we were shooting some footage of him, and he's, he's still, you know, the, the traditional dress and everything. And um, I said, Juan, when was the last time you ran a, a foot race? And he said, oh, last week. <laughs> At and 71. Said, At 71. I said, how far was it? He said, well, it was about 72 kilometers. And I said, really? I know. Like, yeah. And he just like, you know, that they just do that for fun. Right. Like for fun, you know? Yeah. So um, we went down there and um, I spent, you know, like, how do you, how do you grow like massive corns, beans and squash, of course, are the staples there. Right. I said, how do you grow that without any, you know, chemicals or fertilizers or anything, irrigation or what, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, we went down and we spent we spent time at many many different taramara homes and homesteads and um really learned the processes they use uh, for how they grow all of their own food I, yeah. it's just incredible i mean they really that's it you know that's they're they're completely off grid so um that was amazing and then we also shot a bunch of footage on i they have this drink called panoli and really to be honest with you it's just like popcorn that's been ground and they turn it into this mushy drink uh-huh. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's a filler or whatever. And I was drinking, and of course they hand it to you all the time. You're like, hey, have a mug of panoli, have a mug of panoli, wherever uh-huh. you go, get panoli. I was buzzing that whole week. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, and I could not, there was no other other thing we could claim it on. I mean, I didn't bring any coffee and I didn't have any chocolate. I ate that up pretty early on. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> like, I was buzzing all week on. I'm like, I got to learn how to make this panola. And the and the Taramara swear by it. They say, yeah, you know, this is this is what fuels us on a lot of these long races. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, I've got to learn how to make that and grow that. And that you know, we present those processes: how they make panola and how they make tortillas and um, wow. masa and you know how they process things. Right. And it's really um, 
Anthony is just an amazing videographer and he just some stunning footage. So And so that's you're going to give a talk on that. Is that also yeah. available? Is there more in-depth stuff going to be available soon? There'll, there'll be the two. There'll be two. There'll be one on um, just a bit about the Taramara and how they process their food. And then mm -hmm. the other one is going to be on how the Taramara farmers grow the food. So oh, we've got nice. two in there. And one, one thing that I thought was really cool that's a corollary there is Hank Will from Grit Magazine. Uh-huh has a whole presentation on different types of corn. So most most backyard gardeners or farmers only think about sweet corn. Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, there's dent corns and flower corns and flint corns. Yep. And Hank Bull has this really great presentation on all the different types of corn. So I thought that wow, that's gonna dovetail real nicely. Oh nice, yes. This whole Taramara thing. So yeah. Fantastic. Well I'm so excited. So when does the summit start? So March seventh, but you know, sign up right now because again we're Perfect. gonna have this you know, there's the pre-sales are going to definitely be a lot less. And if you sign up right now, you know, we'll, we're not going to spam you or anything, but we will send you a few gentle reminders because I right. know how I sign up for stuff and then forget about it. Yeah, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll, and we'll be putting the uh, sign up links in the show notes here. What's the website for people to sign up as well? Homegrownfoodsummit.com. Homegrownfoodsummit.com. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet. Yeah. Um, I have a couple other questions that I like throwing in toward the end of, uh, you know, interviews. Sure. And um, one of them is I'm all about education. And I'd really love to know what book has been most influential in your life in this topic of growing your own food. You know, the Bible for me, I mean, there's, I've, got a, I've got a library, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. but, but, but the one book I keep going back to is John Jevons, How to Grow More Vegetables. Oh, yes. Yes, you know, absolutely. That one's I'm going to have that on my shelf forever. Mm -hmm. And and you just I'm just constant the reference tables he has in the back there and the whole system he has just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that's that's a classic. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. So, what are your any last thoughts? Well, sure. You know, another thing, another tool that a lot of people don't talk about that I found incredibly useful for, for producing food and really ramping up your skills. And, and you're going to fail, so get over that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, in fact, you know, plan on it. You know, 50% failure is probably a good year, right? You yeah, know, exactly. Just, just plan on it. Um, journaling. You know, keeping track, you know, like what did you plant when? Big time. It doesn't have to be very complex. could just be a clipboard or maybe mm -hmm. maybe some notes. You, but really, you know, looking back over what you planted when, uh, maybe having some photographs. And you, maybe, you you know, I've been astonished how many times. Of course, you get a zillion pixels now. So it astonishes me how I'm, you know, taking a photograph of one thing. Yes. And then a couple of weeks later, something else will happen. And it turns out that there's a clue in that photograph that I didn't think was appropriate for this, but because you can zoom anywhere on these right. things, right? You know, yeah. like, whoa. But, you know, taking those photographs and uh, and keeping track of that. So I'd say journaling is probably one of the biggest things that people overlook that can, regardless of whether you're gardening a livestock or aquaponics or whatever system you're using, mm -hmm. that's really a, a foundational piece. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned pho photographs. I, I will often go through my past photos looking for clues yeah you know so yeah. take lots of pictures as well exactly and then of course we all know the landscapes change so much yes. and um, i think another thing is is uh, you know we've been on our land now for 12 or 13 13 14 years somewhere in there anyway my other husband's better with with all that <laughs> uh -huh. um but looking back at the photos from when we first bought it <gasps> mm -hmm. 
oh my gosh, you know, like I can't believe it's night and day to what's happened to this. You know, all the landscaping now is completely big or different. And, you right. know, there's lushness where there wasn't. And those fences got taken down and this building got built. And, you know, all the changes that you just, they call it yeah. landscape creep when you live in it and you don't notice it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm so excited for the summit to come up and there are so many more questions that I want to ask you. And so I'm, what I'm going to suggest is that down the line, um, I want to get you back on the show and talk about, you know, the other topics around growing food and like that. Let's do that. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us, Marjorie. It has been a treat getting to know you and, and learning about the homegrown food summit that's coming up. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yep. You can reach me at thegrownetwork.org and uh, better yet, just go to homegrownfoodsummit.com and sign up and register. Perfect. Perfect. We'll also have all that information on our show notes page so you'll be able to get signed up there. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit denalicanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash free.